This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson rowdy Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Esler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'm your host, Nelson rowdy Raisbeck, joined by Dave Esler, professional sports better. Dave, last week, just a quick little recap here. We went one and one, still kind of treading some water in baseball. We're just looking to get hot. Yeah, I mean, I it's nice, to, you know, treading water is not always the worst place to be. I mean, you know, we're only giving out a few picks here and there. Obviously, I don't know about you, but I bet more than that. And quite frankly, you know, if your downtimes are only treading water, then you're pretty good because once that really hot streak comes around, you can really make some hay. Uh, until you get a little overconfident and screw it all up, but that's just the that's just the human mind. Like you said, when I say treading water, that was just our official Major League Baseball picks. If you caught the podcast from earlier this week, you would know that we talked a lot about the NBA playoffs, and I'm pretty sure in there we had four winners because we had Golden State on the money line was talked about. We had, I believe, it was the Heat. And if I'm not mistaken, the Knicks at plus five and a half. So we did pretty well when it came to the NBA when we were talking about those games. Yeah, we had that one solid. I mean, that that worked out well. I, I could only hope that would continue. We also had the, I believe I gave it out on this pod. I know I gave it out, but the Hawks to win that series at, at a nice price too. So, yep, we're, uh, we're uh, you know, we're treading water in a, in, a, in a handful of official baseball plays, but I would say overall the the content has been making people money. Yeah, so talking about the content, obviously we're going to get into our Major League Baseball stuff. Going to continue to talk about the NBA playoffs as they're continuing, and we get kind of the end of series for this pod and the beginning of series over the weekend. Without further ado, let's jump into Major League Baseball. First game I know that you were looking at, Dave, It's actually going to be the New York Yankees taking on the Texas Rangers. You got Clark Schmidt on the mound for the Yankees and Jacob DeGrom for the Rangers. Now, this will be a Friday, April 28th, first pitch at 7.05. What are you looking at for this game, Dave? Yeah, this was a tough one. I mean, I can't bet on Clark Schmidt looking at his numbers. So I crossed off the Yankees' first five. Right, You know, that's off the table. Uh, But over the last week, the Yankees pen as a whip of one and a half, whereas uh, they had been better than average. But I can't bet on the do theory uh, that they should regress until they actually do. So I got to take Yankees full game off the list of options. And, you know, DeGrom's been himself after that first start against the Phillies. Uh, and that may have been familiarity since they saw each other a whole bunch in the NL East. You know, my first thought here is, you know, the Yankees generally play the Mets a handful of times uh, during the course of the season. And that gives them some hope of hitting him, uh, but I'm still not going to go there with a Yankees team that's hitting 240 this year. I think they're only averaging four runs per game. Uh, so thank goodness for them. Judge did not get really hurt. So that just leaves me DeGrom and or the Rangers bullpen. Uh, and the pen has been somewhat unsteady, and they, they allowed a ton of runs in Cincinnati, which I thought could have been because of the Cincinnati Park, which is tiny. But still, I seriously thought about first five under, thinking Smith might uh, fool them for a few uh, trips around the order, but I just can't. So reluctantly, we got process of elimination. I am down with the Rangers' first five and hoping the Yankees stay chilly at the plate. Yeah, I, I kind of had this the first thoughts that you did. I wanted to look up the Grom and see, you know, the Mets do play the Yankees quite a bit. Well, I actually looked into it, 
and the Yankees and DeGrom really haven't met. It must have been just lined up perfectly with all of his injuries over the years where he has not really seen a ton of the Yankees. I was with you. I didn't like this game whatsoever. I wanted to try to talk myself into the Yankees. The Rangers really haven't seen Clark Schmidt, but the Rangers are a good hitting team. Yankees, I mean, they haven't been great. And DeGrom, like you said, kind of looks like he's closer to his Cy Young form. I was all over the board. Maybe maybe you looked at under as well. I couldn't do it, though, just because Clark Schmidt could give up 10 runs in three innings, and I wouldn't be surprised. I went a little bit farther than you, and I leaned with the Texas Rangers in the first five on the run line. Yeah, I, you know, I thought about that, too. Um, you, you're, you're probably safe there, I think. I mean, I think what, what I'll do before I bet it tomorrow is see what that total does. You know, if, if that total comes down to sort of less than what I think it should be, I might just stick with the money line. Um, if it's if it's up, and, and that would assume that maybe Texas is going to score more. Uh, than people think so then I would in that case I would definitely say you're you're safe with that run line but either way we're both taking the bullpens out of the equation so there's that I'm really not too interested in betting this game if I had to bet it to quote Dave Essler I would probably say I'd bet it with your money okay fair enough moving on to the the more we talk about it the more I like it moving on to the next game gonna look at the Philadelphia Phillies taking on the Houston Astros this one, also a 7-10 first pitch. We got Aaron Nola on the mound for the Phillies. Frambler Valdez, his counterpart for the Astros. Dave, what are you thinking about on this one? Because I think I got a little bit of uh, better info for this game. Well, fair enough. I mean, before I looked at Nola, I looked at the Phillies' pen. And they've been, like, literally lights out the last week, uh, as opposed to not being able to get anyone out for the first few weeks of the season. Um, I would have to think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, since much of their recent success has been against lesser hitting teams. I mean, you know, Nola can go either way, but, you know, the last time he went to Texas to play the Rangers, uh, he, they hammered him, so maybe it's a Texas thing. I don't know. I mean, in the in the last outing, the Phillies closed, in his last outing, actually, the Phillies closed minus 300 uh, and won by just one run. So, you know, he's probably a little overvalued. Uh, so I can't see a solid reason for trusting him here. Um, and Houston will be rested, whereas the Phillies play today, uh, Thursday. Um, Framber, he's another one of those guys that seems to own me. Um, but I'd be willing to bet I had him two weeks ago uh, when the Rangers blew him up. Uh, so, uh, you know, year after year, the Phillies had left-handed pitching, but this season, not so much. I mean, they're only two and five, and they're also two and five to the under against left-handed pitching. So that uh, makes me question what I was going to do. And that was the first five over, but I digress. I mean, sometimes things are just that easy. So I'll be betting the home team here with the more reliable starter and the better bullpen, which probably means the Phillies win nine to one, but I like the Astros. Well, I'm glad you brought up the Philadelphia Phillies and their travel because they're playing today. As we record this podcast on a Thursday, their bullpen has been a big liability, but you mentioned how they've been pitching better. I looked at this game, and Frambler Valdez has been about as steady as they come the last couple years. It's still a question mark for me with that Phillies bullpen. The bullpen is questionable, and we've talked about guys like Jose Barrios who are very up-and-down pitchers. I feel like the last couple years, Aaron Nola has been all over the place. He can look like a Cy Young, and then he can go three innings and give up seven runs. And he's kind of been a little inconsistent in a couple starts this year. So I actually looked at leaning with the over seven and a half runs, especially because I dug into it. 
and that over seven and a half is actually cashed in four out of Valdez's five starts. And I still don't trust the Phillies bullpen. And at the same token, if I'm going to go with the over seven and a half, I probably also lean with the Houston Astros in the first five on the run line. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that would be one that the total is seven and a half, which is kind of low. And I would tend to agree with your your potential over for the game. But if it is going to be an under type game, I'm not sure I would lay that half a run uh, or the run and a half. So I will probably stick to the money line. And for me, that's just a matter of sort of math, you know, more than anything. You know, one run is one run, but, you know, how many times you watch and these first five inning games are decided in the fifth inning as as batters get the sort of the third look at the starter. Um, so I'm always leery of that. And I guess, you know, you think uh, they've got through four, they only got to get through one more. Well, that's the dangerous one. And that's probably why they call it the first five innings and not the first six. But yeah, in theory, I agree with you. So no super strong opinion so far for me on the first two games. I don't know if you're, you did say we were, I was kind of talking you into the the Rangers on the run line in the first five. Is that probably your strongest so far? Yeah, I think so. I think I think I would go money line, but yeah, that, I don't see. You know, I I like Houston quite a bit though too. I mean, it's probably a toss up between those two. I mean, Houston's in a great situation with the rest, um, and that that would tip the scales for me. So moving to the next game, our third game is going to be the Los Angeles Angels taking on the Milwaukee Brewers. This is a 7-10 Central Time first pitch. On the hill for the Angels, you have Trevor Anderson. On the mound for the Brewers, you have Wade Miley. I think this is my strongest opinion, Dave, out of the whole the whole podcast for our, our slate of MLB games, and it's not because I am a Brewers fan and know the Brewers quite well. It's I feel like there is some underlying things that the public probably, and maybe even the bookmaker to an extent, might be overlooking here. And my, and my reason here is I like potentially this game being under nine, and I really like the first five being under the total. And the reason why I like especially the first five under the total is the Milwaukee Brewers can't hit left-handed pitching, and they haven't been able to hit left-handed pitching for three years now. It's just something with that core of players where they just do not hit lefties. Then on the flip side, you have the Angels who are playing today. They're going to have to fly from the West Coast to Milwaukee, and they really haven't seen Wade Miley, who's a lefty. I feel like lack of familiarity with Wade Miley and the fact that Wade Miley has thrown the ball well this year and the fact that just anybody with a pulse for the Angels throws with a left hand in Tyler Anderson – I like the under in this total in the first five innings. Yeah, I mean, you're the Milwaukee resident, so I have a hard time not following your advice. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned Milwaukee having the day off and the Angels don't. And, you know, they're going to lose two hours flying east as well. Um, you know, there was a time where that was more than enough to bet the Brewers. But, I mean, anymore, that's pretty much all factored in. You know, we've become smarter, so have the books. I mean, Anderson hasn't been able to get anyone out. I mean, he shot out Oakland just start the season, but it was Oakland. So, you know, there's that. Um, I can't expect anything from him Friday, even against the Brewers and Dante left handers. I mean, he just hasn't been good. Um, and the Halo's bullpen's been pretty, pretty, pretty hard lately, uh, and by Oakland's of all teams. So, you know, then there's my friend Wade Miley, who's another kryptonite for me. Um, but because the Angels haven't been crushing lefties by any means, um, I fully expect the Brewers to win the game. So I'm just going to go with your Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, I thought that that 
line with the Brewers at minus 125. I thought it probably looked pretty legitimate just because of the travel for the Angels and the fact that their bullpen hasn't been great. But then on the flip side, the Angels do hit lefties pretty well. But I feel like the lack of familiarity, I, I think you've talked me into liking the Brewers on the money line, but I also think I would sit there and go with the first five under. Well, just remember, it's Wade Miley who I don't get right very often. So, you know, caveat emptor, my friend. I just Look I, I, I just see runs, I see runs being scored. All right. We'll see what happens here. Next game, going to look at the Arizona Diamondbacks taking on the Colorado Rockies. Another 740 first pitch. You have Merrill Kelly on the mound for the Diamondbacks. Kyle Freeland on the mound for the Rockies. Dave, what were you thinking in this game? Because I had really quick thoughts right away. Uh, I think the initial thing to do is people that want to bet when they see a Rockies home game is the over. Um, between the tiny park and the thin air, you know, no lead is ever safe there. And, of course, course field totals always reflect that. I mean, their home games have not had a total less than 11 this season, and six of the 10 have gone over. And what's really funny is that their road games are only 5-11 and 11 to the over, which means better things than Rockies can hit anywhere, which uh, isn't and never has been true. Um, you know, we've obviously seen familiarity within the division. And since Arizona has been a better over team on the road, that, that total may not be high enough. And I think another point of emphasis there is that, that Arizona is a better over team on the road. And for a lot of the same reasons, I mean, I think people think Chase Fields is small, which it is. But again, the books have adjusted for that, which, of course, makes it hard to win in this business. You know, we know at 110, minus 110, we need 53%. You know, but we're playing the money line in baseball. You go up to minus 200, which a lot of people do, or use them in parlays. You need to win two-thirds of your bets just to break even. That's break even, not win money. You know, I mean, a team like Houston has been minus 200 or more four times this year, and they won just once. So, you know, that's something we want to stay away from. Anyhow, uh, I get off my soapbox and digress. Back to the Rockies game. I almost have no idea, but just based on the fact that Arizona is 500 in the road, and Colorado's three and seven at home, which is a place they historically dominate. I think I'll have to take the snakes. Yeah, I looked at this game, and my first initial thought was, I want to go over 11, because you're looking at, it's in Coors Field, but we all know that. It's Merrill Kelly, who's better at home than he is on the road with splits. And then it's Kyle Freeland, who's really been terrible at home. But it makes sense, because he's pitching in Colorado, these are all known facts for the most part. And then on top of it, we we know that both of these bullpens aren't very good either. So I instantly wanted to go over 11, especially because Arizona's offense has looked a little bit better this year. Colorado is Colorado playing in Colorado. But then I kind of had the Dave Essler whisper into my ear and go, that seems too easy. So I dug into it a little bit more. I know these bullpens stink, but... Freeland has thrown some pretty decent games against Arizona. On the flip side, Merrill Kelly's thrown some decent games against Colorado. It's kind of like the, of course, you're going to get the better of your interdivision opponent sometimes and then get hit hard other times. But the one factor why I might lean to this under, it is pretty high at 11. But both teams have the day off, and those crappy bullpens get to rest up, and they should be 100%. So maybe, maybe I might look to lean towards the under just because – my initial thought and everyone's thought, like you said, is Colorado and the over. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what that line does tomorrow during the day. I mean, if you like 11, I think you bet it now if you like the over because 
it's probably going to go up a half a run. And, you know, conversely, if you like the under, I would wait a little bit because you'll get, I think you'll see 11 and a half. I think that's great advice, Dave, because if you're catching our podcast now, when we put it out here in a couple hours on Thursday, you like that over, you get it now because people are only going to pile on top of it. It might get to 11 and a half, 12. You might get a good number. Or if you're liking that under, you might as well wait because it's probably going to go up. But one thing I want to mention, we've talked about ballparks in the past and how they can affect the game. You mentioned how Arizona has actually been a better over team on the road, which I don't know how many people know this, but Chase Field in Arizona, there was some big stories out there about how it's like a humidor, so it kills the baseball. And that's why the balls don't jump out as much for Arizona. So I don't know if I'm necessarily surprised that they're more of an over team on the road, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally fair point. I mean, I think what you have to look at, you know, it'd be interesting to look at now that you brought that up is, you know, what do they do in the first, you know, however many games they play with a roof open in Arizona before it gets to be 110 and then take a look at what it's like with the roof closed. You know, based on what you're saying, it's it's perhaps better off with a roof closed. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, but that's good stuff. So then looking at our final Major League Baseball game here today, going to look at the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Tampa Bay Rays will be taking on the Chicago White Sox. You have Zach Eflin on the mound for the Rays, Lucas Giolito on the mound for the White Sox. This is a 6-10 Central Time first pitch. Dave, I went back to the old reliable when I looked at this game, I went back with the Rays on the money line at minus 130. Uh, the reason for it is basically I know that Zach Eflin and Giolito are kind of up and down type guys. I know Giolito has been better in the past, but he hasn't really ever gotten back to that caliber of pitcher. Both guys have been seen by the other team a little bit. Both of these teams, I mean, the Rays are going to hit Chicago maybe. But the one big difference here, it's the bullpens. Chicago White Sox bullpen is one of the worst in baseball. Tampa Bay's is one of the best. I actually, I like the money line for Tampa Bay here, and I probably lean towards the over eight and a half. So Dave, what are your thoughts on the Tampa Bay-Chicago White Sox game? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously hard not to bet on the Rays, and these teams play Thursday, but I'm going to handicap it as if they don't. I mean, but the Rays were just shut out in back-to-back games in Houston, so you know, maybe there's the regression thing. I mean, they're not going to go, you know, 20 and three for the next 135 games or whatever uh, without winning percentage. I mean, this would be a time, I think, in the betting cycle, Roddy, where typically there is value fade in the Rays because they're priced like abnormally high uh, and they have played 16 of 25 games at home. So, yeah, I'm looking for ways to, to back Giolito, but, you know, I do think Eflin is grossly underrated. I mean, kids lost more games than he's won. Uh, but his numbers are better than that. And I think it might be starting to show now. I mean, he has a bullpen now, which he did never had in Philadelphia. Uh, and the Rays just swept the White Sox at home. So, you know, one of the one of those wins was with Eflin. And you know I love to go the other way. Um, but there's no real upside to Giolito, other than he's only had one home start, which was a shutout over Philadelphia. I mean, the White Sox pen was zero chance of taking him for the full game. I guess I could try to be cute and sharp and take the – Take the White Sox plus a half on the first five, maybe. I mean, four or five losses that the Rays have had have been in right-handed pitches. Is that enough? Probably not. So you tell me why I shouldn't uh, bet the White Sox for a five. 
a lot of these games you gave out for today, they were pretty tough ones where I could see it the other side for both. If I had to make an argument for both, I think I could. I think we only had probably two or three out of our five games we looked at where I was like confident, like, hey, I like this. This is jumping out to me. So I, I could totally see taking Giolito at home because he can be a really good pitcher. If I had to put my money towards it, I'd still roll with the Rays because they have been so hot. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know that I want to pay the price for the Rays, to be honest with you. I mean, that's that's really what it boils down to for me. So we will give you our official Major League Baseball picks for the April 28th, which is a Friday slate towards the end of the pod. But Dave, I wanted to get into talking about the NBA playoffs because the last couple pods we started doing it and we've been pretty hot in the NBA. And I know you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that you gave out to some of your clients. And if you want to find Dave, you can find him on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler, or you can find his work at pregame.com. So looking at the NBA playoffs, Dave, you have the Celtics and the Hawks tonight in game six. Hawks are plus seven at home. Uh, is this one where you might roll with the home teams and see if they if they can force a game seven in Boston? Um, you know, I think they're all individual entities, and I think no would be the answer for that one. You know, mainly because the Celtics have gone from minus five and a half all the way up to minus seven, and seven's kind of a key number because that's three three possessions, you know, two three-pointers and a, and a two-pointer. Uh, so that's kind of one of those numbers in basketball. And once it gets up there, it's kind of hard to go the other way. You know, I'd feel better about taking Atlanta if it were more. I mean, the the market's almost telling me what I don't want to do. And I think what I'll do there is I'll take the Celtics in the first half. I mean, they they know what just happened in Boston. They don't want a seventh game. I think I think talent and defense finally shows up here and, and, and Boston wins this game. But I think in the first half, because we, we know the Hawks don't give up. They didn't the other night. So, Dave, looking at the rest of the NBA playoffs over the weekend, since we'll be releasing this pod later today, and it'll be good for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You have the Sacramento Kings taking on Golden State. This is a game uh, six. Golden State favored by seven and a half. Looking at the other NBA games coming up here on Friday, other than the Kings and the Warriors, you do have the Grizzlies taking on the Lakers. This is a game six. Lakers are up three to two, also favored by four and a half. This was one where I was looking at the Lakers and I kind of wanted to play them minus the four and a half thinking that an older LeBron James wants to close this out at home and not extend the series and have to go to Memphis. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that, but you know, four and a half in a elimination type game, if you will, that's a fair bit of points. Um, I would probably pass that game uh, for argument's sake. I think the sharp side will end up being Memphis uh, based on the early tickets, but I do like the Warriors over the Kings. I mean, how does Sacramento feel? knowing they, they have to go back to Golden State after losing again. Basically, it's the lack of talent is really what it is. And, you know, I thought about how would I look at that? Well, maybe the first half. Well, the Warriors have traditionally been a team that does super well in the second half. I mean, them and Boston are the two teams that make probably the best halftime adjustments. So I could totally justify taking the Warriors uh, at seven. I guess seven and a half if I had to. But I think that's one where the market – and the SpongeBob SquarePants people are going to get right. Gotcha. So you're looking, you really like Golden State here, minus the seven and a half. Now looking towards the weekend, we have the Suns and the Nuggets 
in a game one of the Western Conference semifinals. Got the Nuggets favored by two and a half. The other first game of the Eastern Conference semifinals is going to be the Miami Heat taking on the New York Knicks. Knicks favored by four. Anything you're looking at for those two games? Yeah, I mean, I look at that Heat-Knicks thing, and, you know, I know what Miami did to uh, to Milwaukee, and I'm sure you and all your friends do too. Um, and I love the Knicks through uh, to get through Cleveland, but now I have to I have to wonder if Miami can carry that kind of momentum, or if they just kind of have a little bit of a letdown. You know, that's a tough one. I'm thinking that maybe maybe I would I, I don't know I got I would have to pass that one. And you know, the Suns Nuggets game. Um, Nuggets only minus two and a half at home. They open three and a half. So that should tell you right there that you probably don't want Denver. I mean, I think that's one of those ones that looks too obvious. Uh, and if I can get a plus three, I think I would take Phoenix there. So I would go against the grain on that one. And, you know, that next one is just, and I would probably bet that one after the first game is played game by game and, and maybe a series price because, you know, I think that number is pretty right. So I, I actually agree with you. I, I kind of like the Suns in that opening game against the Nuggets and the reason being was you mentioned how it's a a short number for the Nuggets at home but I'm looking at it from the Suns perspective they split the series against Denver this year they went two and two but the Suns won both of the games late in the season and that's when they had their team with you know Kevin Durant playing that's when the Suns were the Suns of right now I just feel like getting getting points with the Suns who I think is probably one of the more favorite teams just just in general in the West. I think I would take that as well. I was I was kind of under the same impression as you were when it came to the the Heat and the Knicks. I wonder all the public it feels like the Knicks were kind of a sneaky winner. No one really talking about them. Everyone's talking about the Heat, but can they keep that emotion and all that energy? for another game after, you know, knocking down and taking out Goliath, I would lean with the Knicks. But I do like the Suns, and I lean with the Knicks. Um, Tough one for me. I mean, the market's surely saying that they like the Knicks being a four-point favorite so far. So, yeah, I'm going to probably pass that game. I think maybe there's some value in the total. I'll end up probably looking at the under at some point. But, you know, I think that line's pretty right. Maybe we'll let the market tell us what we need to do. And now, Dave, you also – brought up that you wanted to talk maybe potentially some new NBA futures for winning the championship because it's definitely changed with some of these series. You had a Heat team who started the season as a 210 to 1 to win it, now 34 to 1. I don't think I see the Heat winning it. Maybe true. Let's look at, you know, I think the best bet here is the Warriors. I mean, they're plus 600. I mean, is that worth a bet or maybe to win the Western Conference Championship? I mean, I don't feel like I'd be getting the worst of that bet. When the playoffs started, they were, you know, plus 750. So, I mean, Miami was 210 to 1. But, you know, if you if you did have a heat ticket, you know, I think it's, you know, what would you do if you had a heat ticket at plus 2,100 uh, actually um, or 210? Then uh, would you hedge it or would you sell it? I mean, there's a new market out there. It's called PropSwap that they take tickets and sell them. So you could sell that for, you know, they're 34 to one now. So you probably would, you'd have to get it less than that. You know, they probably sell it for like 28 or 30 to one. So 
whatever you got in it, you could have a decent return. But somebody would pay for it. Yeah, I think that I would sell it. I just don't see the heat coming out of the East. Originally, I thought it would be the Bucks or the Celtics. And now that the Bucks are gone, I think it's the Celtics. I know you said you like the Celtics. I think I would sell it. Yeah, I probably would too. Um, or, you know, it would depend on how much money I had. In it. And if I had any any amount of money, I would probably just start hedging every game. You know, I'd probably just take the next money line in the first game and see what happens. The first games are always tough. I mean, you got in, in the series, you got sort of some, some things going on that transpire that can go from game to game. And in the game one, you really don't. So game ones are probably as tough as any. Well, that'll conclude some of our NBA playoff talk. Dave, let's get some of the official Major League Baseball or NBA games that you like for this pod. Because I, I think I know what I'm going to go with here. Well, tell me what you're going to go with. Let's see if we got the same thing. I'm liking Houston in the first five on the run line. Frambler Valdez has been Mr. Reliable. Phillies are traveling. Aaron Nola can be up or down. I think the first pick in Major League Baseball I'm going to go with is the Houston Astros in the first five on the run line. Minus half run. Yeah, I'll take the Brewers. I know you don't want to go out on the limb with your home team because you got to answer for it every day of the week. I'll take Milwaukee. All right, so there it is. I'm going to go with the Houston Astros in the first five innings on the run line, minus half a run. Dave is going to go with the Milwaukee Brewers on the money line, roughly minus 125. Dave, real quick here, any NBA bets that you want to make official or just let it lay? I'm going to let those lay. I mean, I got some uh, NFL prop quick bets. I'm going to bet the uh, under two and a half tight ends tonight. Uh, It's at minus 300, but uh, there will not be a third tight end taken. I mean, they, they would ask Darnell Washington from Georgia to go in the first round and he won't. So even though it's minus 300, I think it's a free winner. So there you go. Dave gives you an NFL prop bet for tonight under two and a half tight ends taken in the first round. That'll do it for this episode of Winner's Take. We'll be back with our next one on Tuesday. Until then, let's continue to win some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com, in the Zone app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, rate, subscribe.